Welcome to episode 21 of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, with... Eric Sanchez. Eric, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Um, better now. We just spent the last 25 minutes trying to get the audio figured out. It was way too loud and way too quiet, and now hopefully it sounds right. I think it sounds okay in my head. Who knows? We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, today's show, we're going to be talking our favorite ladder matches of the non-Money in the Bank variety. Money in the Bank just happened this past Sunday. We'll talk a little bit about that in... And at the beginning of the show, Kerry, uh, WWE Squared Circle guy, was there front row, and he's going to give us kind of his pers- live perspective being at the pay-per-view front row, maybe some off-camera stuff, how the crowd reaction was. I think it's cool to get a different perspective of someone that was there, and I've asked him to kind of come on to more shows that he's been to, so hopefully he kind of be regular on the show. You could follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. And you can send us an email if you want to ppwpodcast at gmail.com. One more thing I want to talk about is I just got an uh, email confirmation back. We're going to have our very own fun t-shirt shop at whatamaneuver.net. And as soon as that is up and live, I will tweet it out to everybody. And again, I talked about this before where if you buy a shirt and you show me you bought it or whatever, I'll invite you to suggest a topic and we will do the topic on that show it could be anything you want and if you want to come on and be a guest on the show for said topic you are welcome to yeah let's get started eric what'd you think of money in the bank i thought it was pretty good i liked it the women's match was i thought it was cool to see them you know go into the ladders and use that for you know the more the violence aspect of it i thought was pretty cool um the ending i don't know i probably would have done it different but it it was overall pretty good, but the men's match I thought was awesome. Yeah, so it sounds like it. pretty much the consensus to me from everyone I've read online and on Twitter and everything is the matches were pretty good, but the endings all were kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that the Usos New Day match was awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. And the ending was kind of lame where there was a count out, but th- this is just kind of a transition pay-per-view into SummerSlam, so you kind of see what their plan is yeah. with it, I guess. Or Great Balls of Fire is the raw pay-per-view, right? Yeah, that's the yeah. raw one. When Kofi hit his SOS, like he did it with such impact, I'm like, yeah. oh, it's over. Yeah. And he kicked out. Yeah, I thought the New Day was going to win too. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I guess they, they, they wanted to push it forward. Uh, the men's money in the bank. I, pre- match, I actually predicted it to end that way. A count, uh, forced count out? Well, not forced count out, but I, I figured New Day would win, but they wouldn't win the titles. Okay. The the men's money in the bank match, like you said, I thought was awesome. The ending, I think, was flat for people because a heel won, and no one likes Baron Corbin, but I guess that's his job. The Nakamura AJ spot was awesome. I'm yeah. really interested to hear Kerry how the crowd reacted to that. I thought I thought they were going to both climb up the ladder and do like the punch, punch, punch at the top, but yeah. they just like put it aside. You're like, no, let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool. They had the same idea. Like, all right, let's do this. Yeah, I like the ladder to the side. Yeah, there's there was a bunch of up spots in the in the match, and it's part of the things that make ladder matches good. And on today's show, 
I, I've noticed some stuff looking back at some of the matches we're going to talk about today. Like, you know, I, I was watching the, I guess, it wasn't the first ladder match ever, obviously, but there's a ladder match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. This was in 1992. It was a, a Coliseum video exclusive taping. It was mm-hmm. uh, for the Intercontinental Championship. And what's cool about watching that match was the crowd didn't really know what to think yet. So every little thing was ooh and ah and ooh and yeah. ah. And, and there wasn't a lot of, I would say, like traditional ladder spots, like off the ladder, with the ladder, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. because the ladder was part of the match, I, you know, they were like, oh, my God, what is this? Yeah, and also uh, one thing, too, you know how people get stuck with the slow climb up the ladder? That yeah. wasn't this at all. They were going up the ladder fast, stopping them fast, mm-hmm. which I think hopefully could be done a lot more in future matches. And also I think it was cool watching that match is the crowd didn't know when it was going to end because they didn't have a... The tra- you know, they weren't trained yet in how a ladder match was. Yeah, this one also started out as a regular match, and on commentary was Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes, and they brought the the ladder into the ring. You know, eventually got in there for the climb, and then they were both fell off and they were wrestling. And Lord Alfred Hayes is like, "They're not going to leave the ladder in the ring, are they?" And it's like that's dangerous. <laughs> and it's like that's just so funny now how there's like thirty ladders in a match. Yeah. It's crazy. That's a match if you get a chance, guys. It's probably on Daily Motion. If you can't find it there, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it is on the uh, WWE Network like Ladder Match Collections set. It's also on the WWE The Ladder Match DVD that came out, and it's on the Brett versus Sean Greatest Rivalries uh, DVD Blu-ray set that came out. So there's a couple ways to watch it. It's not super common. It's not, it wasn't in a pay-per-view mm-hmm. or anything, but it's a cool match. And there's actually a funny little story about that. I mean, it's not funny if you're Bret Hart. So Bret Hart, in his book, talked about how he was trying to tell Vince McMahon about this thing called a ladder match that he's doing stampede wrestling. And Vince was like, he didn't get it. He just didn't get it. And he finally was like, just yeah. show it to me. He's like, so I knew Sean could do it with me. So Bret told Vince, yeah, we'll do it, but you have to promise me we'll never, you'll never have like a big match or a main event unless I'm in it. Vince like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So then they have their match, and then Brett was like, you know, I kind of hoped he promised me that. And then he talked about a couple years later how he was a little bitter, how his crowning achievement winning the title at WrestleMania was overshadowed by Brett and Razor Ramon stealing the show at WrestleMania 10. <laughs> I don't buy that, though. I thought that Oh, Brett... Sean, and, Sean and Razor. Right, yeah. yeah. No, Brett and Owen stole the show. Okay, in that yeah, match, Brett and Owen. Uh, with the opening match. Okay. But he's like, everyone's just talking about Sean and Razor. And they almost they they didn't do the exact spot at the ending because the end of the Sean Razor match, Sean falls to the ladder, gets caught caught in the ropes. In the Brett Sean match, Brett just pushes him to the outside and he falls down at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it was a really good match for anyone who wants to check out. So that was one of the ones I wanted. To, I guess one of my favorite ladder matches that's a little bit forgotten. Yeah. Um, some people on Twitter asked me or I asked them what some of their favorite ones, and I'll talk about those in a sec. But which one? What was one of your favorite ones? Uh, when I was growing up, it was a little bit younger. I liked WrestleMania 10, uh, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. I thought it was cool. But the SummerSlam, not the following SummerSlam, the SummerSlam the year after, yeah, 95. I thought it was a really good ladder match. I think that one's more underrated or not as talked about. And I think the same beginning uh, with the Brett Shawn happened in the Ramon Shawn at SummerSlam was when the ref is trying to set up the title on the on the hook uh-huh. yeah. to raise it up. And they set it to where the, the face of the bell is facing down. Mm-hmm. And Shawn, both times, he gets pissed. <laughs> and he tells him to bring it down. He fixes it yeah. so that it actually looks a lot better on camera. And it's easier to grab, too. Yeah, that. And I think, I don't know, he just seemed, knowing, looking back now, it's just like the, he had a great mind for what, I guess, kind of looked good. Yeah, this was, this one was on my list, too. And there's a few things that I like about it. One, 
it's more of a wrestling match that like spots. And I think I think this one was better than the one in at WrestleMania. I prefer and, when they do wrestling and then get the ladder instead yeah. of looking at like they did in Money in the Bank or maybe a lot of Money in the Banks so where they look at each other and then all run out and scramble for ladders. Mm-hmm. I like it when it starts off as a match, then they get the ladder yeah, maybe two, it, three minutes later. Yeah, you have to do a move or whatever to get it, yeah. to get the ladder. And in this one, I think was cool too. It's got that iconic image of Michaels going down the aisle, climbing the top of the ladder with his yeah. bright blue outfit on, right. pointing at Ray's like, you and me, you and me. <clears throat> and... This one was also fun because there's a few, like, teases of spots. There's one where they're both climbing the ladder. Like, they've got two ladders in the ring, which at the time was, oh, my God, there's two ladders? And Michaels kind of super kicks Razor off. And I think that was supposed to be the ending of the match because Michaels tries to leap to to catch the ladder. And he misses. Uh And then he falls down. And then he sets up the ladder again, but he's a little too far away. So he kind of whole hangs onto it and falls again, and he's pissed. He starts throwing the ladders. So I was like, he goes up and climbs, yeah. it and finally gets it. And Razor's on the outside, going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he like <laughs> it was kind of believable because uh, Razor did go for the Razor's Edge. Sean backflips or backdrops him over the rope to the floor. So I'm like, okay, he's going to be hurt for a while. <laughs> yeah, and there was also a, a spot where, or some not a spot, something I noticed where they didn't use the ladder as a weapon, and mm-hmm. only later I found out they were told they couldn't. So I went to a uh, the DDP Resurrection of Jake the Snake screening a couple of years ago, whenever it was, and uh, Scott Hall was there, answer Q and A afterwards, and then someone asked him in the crowd about that match, and he goes, you know, the thing about that one was we weren't allowed to use ladder as a match, so I feel like I feel that one was better because we had to use our mind more. And he goes, also, you got to realize we were on the road, we did a ladder match every night. He's like, yeah. so there was matches that ladder matches that were just incredible that no one's ever going to see again because yeah. they weren't filmed. And he, the way he put it was sometimes the ladder just falls in a certain way where it hits the ropes or it, it comes back and you can you can sell, get the ladder hitting you and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that's crazy to me to, that they were doing ladder matches every night on the road. But that you can see why the WrestleMania match and the SummerSlam match were so good because by that time they had so, many, so much experience in those yeah. type of matches. The difference between the WrestleMania match and the SummerSlam match, I... Ramon and Shawn Michaels' WrestleMania 10, I thought, were still kind of, for me as a fan, were still too new for me to, to care a lot about. Yeah. But by the time the next year SummerSlam, like, they both kind of grew into their character. I love their characters. Yeah, they seem sure. more mature as their characters. Well, I'm like, okay, now now I like these guys. And then when Shawn is going up the ladder, Razor does something, and Shawn falls but gets his leg hooked in the ladder. Uh-huh. And then from that point on, five, maybe ten minutes into it, Razor's doing nothing but working his knee and just hobbling Michaels mm-hmm. the whole match, or most yeah. of the match. Yeah, like you said, it was a, it's a good storytelling match, which is tough to do in ladder matches, particularly multi-man ladder mm-hmm. matches. And that's why I wanted to focus more on actual ladder matches than Money in the Bank ones, because the Money in the Bank is all about the crazy moves and the crazy spots. Yeah, and I'm not... I'm not entirely into Money in the Bank matches or multi-man um, ladder matches because there's just too much going on. There's too much. It's tough to see. Yeah, it's, I don't really see this much of a story going on. There's not, but that but that's okay because you know that you know that going into it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Money in the Bank, we're going to kick it over to the interview now, and we're going to have talk have Kerry come on at WWSQD Circle Guy. He was live front row for Money in the Bank this past Sunday. Let's get his, some of his opinions on what it was like to be there and some of the crowd reactions. All right, so Kerry was live uh, at Money in the Bank last night, or two nights ago now, because it's Tuesday. Uh, Kerry, how's it going? I'm going well. How are you doing? Doing, doing good. I'm glad you're able to come on, and I mentioned it a second ago. I wanted you to come on because 
watching it uh, from home, which is most of us do, unless you're in the town where it's at, you kind of get an idea of what, what the show was like and how the crowd was feeling. But overall, in your experience being there, how was the crowd at, at the show uh, two nights ago at Money in the Bank? Uh, overall, it was a good crowd. They were overall into the show. Um, they, I don't think we were thrilled with how the women's Money in the Bank ended. I don't think anybody was. <laughs> no, uh, no. I mean, I guess the point was to get people talking. They did, but maybe they could have picked a different route to end it to get people talking. But you know, I think what they're what they were trying to do was get people to watch SmackDown tonight, and exactly. especially with Daniel Bryan coming back, and we'll see what happens. But it's still kind of lame. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree. Overall, but overall, the rest of the show was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some people were disappointed that that once the last Money in the Bank match went on, they realized okay, there's not going to be a cash in, so it's kind of like yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's I mean, not. They're, are happy, but once this, once Baron grabbed the the bank, the briefcase, it's like okay, time to go. What about how on TV this came across like amazing? But what about when Nakamura and AJ kind of put the ladder aside and went at each other? Was that like a moment where the crowd kind of like uproared? That was a moment, and when his music hit the second time to come out during the match yeah, to re-enter, that was so, awesome. Oh, when the crowd was singing his song for the first like minute or so, he was in the ring. Oh yeah, and the crowd was big time into him. On the opposite end, how pissed was everybody when he got taken out at the beginning? Not actually, not, not too pissed. I guess people thought. I guess people thought he would just come back, and make the miracle, come back and win the briefcase. So no one really was pissed. I, the problem is also they didn't really show it on the big screen. So I, I thought he was just. I thought he was down and out by the stage. I didn't realize they stre- did they stretcher him out. No, the refs kind of picked him up and carried him to the back a little yeah. bit. See, we couldn't even see that from where where we were sitting. We just assumed he was just laying there and they're going to make his. Way to the ring at some point near the end. Yeah, and also what we we were watching, we were, it was kind of cool. We were watching at my house because we we a little bit forgot about him because we thought, well, oh well, maybe he had an injury at a house show or something, and this was a way to get him off, you well, know. And I'm then when he came that, out, yeah, I was thinking that or like that. Well, that, well, maybe he doesn't really. He's not a really good fit for this type of match, so you know, we'll kind of keep him out this way. Yeah, and not and not get hurt or something. But then when he hit, they like we're like, oh wait, he's back. Um, overall, I thought the men's Money in the Bank match was the best match of the night. What do you think? What was your best match of the night? No, I, I would agree. I mean, I did enjoy the title match. I liked the tag title match. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree. The men's Money in the Bank match definitely was the match of the night, Sunday night. What was, the? Well, I guess, the high point of the show and then the low point of the show? You got your – this is the best part of the show, and this was kind of the worst part of the show. Where the two extremes being there? Um, say Nothing was really bad, honestly, outside of – I would say maybe um, – Ellsworth grabbing the briefcase, mm-hmm. but because it was because it, it was kind of a lame. Oh, there's no DQ in a ladder match. It's like, well, be more specific. That doesn't, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's a ladder match. How can you really say, well, duh, no qualification? I mean, that's stupid. We talked about it on today's show, which we'll, we'll talk about a little later with the way this interview works. But it would have been funny if Ellsworth was on the outside, and then let's say Becky's climbing the the the, uh, the ladder, and he kind of makes the briefcase raise up higher, like by using a little remote control or something like that. Like, that would have made sense, you know? That that would have made sense exactly, yes. Not mm-hmm. him climbing the ladder, but I'll give him credit. It was a hell of a toss of the briefcase right into Carmella's lap. I'll give him credit. Well, yeah, it was good. Yeah, well, at first when he won, I thought, is he going to try to walk away and say he's the winner of the women's? <laughs> you know, when <laughs> he, he gets the women's title match? I mean, I was seriously thinking, are they going to seriously go this route? <laughs> yeah. And we'll see. We, you know, we're a few hours away from SmackDown tonight, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. But what about your high point of the night? Um, I say the men's ladder match. Honestly, you know, mm-hmm. seeing AJ Nakamura giving that tease of what might be happening in the future, mm-hmm. 
I like that Baron won. I think it's the smart move. I, the one that definitely needed it. I agree in the sense that I, I think it's better when they have a heel or a bad guy holding the, the case. Um, yeah. Because they could do a lot more with it. Now, oh, exactly. the tag title match, I thought, really built up with the New Day and the Usos. And the ending mm-hmm. was kind of like, oh, like flat. And that seemed to be the theme of the show. Like, what a great match. And I'm like, oh, the ending was flat. Yeah, I think it, it kind of gave the impression that, okay, yeah, while this is a a, a, a pay-per-view, it's really more be- me- more meant to build towards Battleground and especially SummerSlam. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think it, I, that's okay, you know, because for us fans, you know, at home watching on the network. But for you guys, you know, you pay a lot of money to be there. Do you feel, like, ever cheapened a little bit? Or as long as you're having a good time, you, you're okay with it? As long as I'm a good time. It's not often I feel, you know, cheated or cheapened uh, by being there. It's rare, but... You know, as long as I had a good time, you know. Now, did you fly? On, did yeah. you fly down the show or did you drive? No, I drove. It was only you know four, four and a half hours. So okay, just, good. So Southwest couldn't break your chair, huh? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> not this time. No, thank God, no more Southwest flights for a while. All my wrestling events are going to be um, united. Yeah. So. so, so for those who don't know, uh, if you follow, you don't follow on carry on Twitter. He's at WWESQD Circle Guy. The last pay per view. Yeah. You, you get a commemorative chair if you're in the first three rows of these shows, and that's part of the perk of being there for, for the cost. You get this cool chair, and they're everyone's unique, and they're all designed differently. So Southwest bent the shit out of his chair, like not a little bit, pretty bad, and then oh, yeah. offered and they offered you fifty claim. bucks or whatever, right? Well, they yeah, they offered a fifty fifty dollar voucher. They claimed they didn't have to, but it was a goodwill gesture. They blamed uh, the manufacturer of the chair. They blamed my bag, and I said. I've had that bag for 17 years, and 73 prior chairs with six other airlines, zero issues, and many other airports in North America. You know, and, I, I, and I told him, I said, I, I, I'm kicking myself for not videotaping. I saw one of the, one of the people on our plane, wearing our plane, taking bags and just throwing them down to the concrete. Oh, and I should have videotaped. It wasn't my bag. There's four four different bags. And I, I should have videotaped it as proof. Yeah, and that's just and you know what? That's just lame. It's just it's just kind of yeah. a sour note because what's what's like a what's a, a flight voucher to them? You know, what's a round trip flight to them? It's nothing, and it could have been the world to you for at least helping out a little bit. It's not like you can replace that chair and go buy another well, one. Well, exactly. Well, let's think. You know, my friend had his um Delta damaged his WrestleMania chair going uh-huh. all the way back from Orlando to uh, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And they offered, they gave at least a four hundred dollar voucher. Yeah, at least you know that's something. That's something. So let's get back yeah. to more positive talk. Let's let's not yeah. focus on the negative of you losing your chair. Yeah. Uh, some of the other things I thought was cool about the show was the during the women's match, as lame as the ending was, I felt like the crowd was really really into it. Like at the begin, like the whole match throughout. Like the it, crowd was, and that was an amazing promo video t- video package they had for them, which mm-hmm. was amazing. So, yeah, definitely people were very, very much excited about it. And I think that's why people are so disappointed with the ending. Um, yeah. What about, was there any uh, off-camera stuff that I, that you maybe we didn't see or anything like that that you could think of? There was one well, spot it, where, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to get you specifically, where the camera totally missed it. It was focused on the ring. This is during the men's Money in the Bank match. But everyone in the crowd was looking to the outside of the ring. I don't know if you remember that at all. Um... There was one guy in the ring. I think it was Owens was in the ring, and everyone was okay. on the outside towards the ramp. Okay. I have to go back and watch. Okay. Okay. I'm sure I you'll see it when you camera. watch it, but but I'm sorry. Yeah. What what are, what other things that were off camera you think of? Uh, well, no, I was going to say, if you notice, there was no pyro on that show at all. There's mm-hmm. been no pyro. And one of the production guys came up and said, you know, just so you know, while they made money this quarter, they didn't make what they want, so there will be no no more pyro until SummerSlam. That's interesting. 
Yeah. That's interesting. So no Raw or SmackDown pyros either. Yeah, you're right. No so, entrances, nothing. I guess I didn't really realize it. Yeah, nothing to open the show with. No, no Nakamura didn't have his. AJ Styles didn't have his. Mm-hmm. And so unless they make an exception for Brock Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, yeah that... according, to him, according to him, there's no pyro until SummerSlam. Are you going to Great Balls of Fire? No, there, my, my next show won't be to the August 15th SmackDown, the go-home SmackDown for SummerSlam in Providence, Rhode and, Island. And then you're going to SummerSlam, right? Yeah, I've got the yeah, NXT, SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'll be a, they're making SummerSlam into a little mini WrestleMania, which I think is cool. And I was listening to uh, Meltzer's podcast today, and he talked about how they really want to make SummerSlam a really big deal this year. So that's why we may be getting like Roman versus Brock early and all this other stuff. So it should be fun. Yeah, they well, especially with the prices they're charging. You, yeah, they're definitely trying to make it the the summer version of WrestleMania. Well, even NXT and Takeover. This is the first time NXT NXT is having take home chairs for the ringside. Okay, so they never had those before. That's interesting. No, they did. No, they never had them before. Um, they they I think they've used them at, at events, but they weren't take home. But this time, the first uh, all the TV side seats get take home takeover chairs. Mm-hmm. That's and, the first time. I don't know if that's going to be a new trend or just a maybe testing the waters on that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff um, going forward, you know, as, as lame as it kind of is for us as fans to to see these finishes at pay-per-views with count outs and with, you know, Ellsworth, Ellsworth grabbing the money in the bank. There's a lot of stuff going forward that's interesting, and I think we kind of have to change our mindset because we were, we're so built as fans of payoffs happen at pay-per-views. Well, they're not yeah. pay-per-views anymore as much as they want to call them that. They're just network specials. So they're they're building towards the the big four again, which I think is which might be kind of cool. You know, the big four ones meaning something. Oh, I agree. I mean, I would like to see Money in the Bank be part of the classic five. Mm-hmm. Maybe make that a co-branded one. Yeah, I agree. I would like to see that, and then kind of make that. Well, I mean, obviously it'd still be a build towards SummerSlam, but maybe they can have something more definite. But I had no problem with the countout like that because like it it keeps the feud going because they still have battleground they have to promote and sell tickets for. And then of course then you got then you got to lean to SummerSlam, so it, yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think, I think it's funny. I was talking to some of this the other day that you know people want to bitch and whine about all this, but how things are today. But the complaints that there, those same people were complaining during the Attitude Era, are the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like you can never, you can, you can never make the hard, a lot of these hardcore IWC fans happy, and that's why they go for the the casual fan. Exactly, and. I think what's funny about those hardcore fans is they're watching anyway. Like, they don't have to cater to you. Yeah. Um, That's why Vince made the comment when the people were like, oh, hashtag Cancer Network. He's like, who cares? I'll be back next week anyway. And he's right. It's true. It's true. And it's funny you mention that because one of my friends, he's he's a super casual fan, super casual. And the people that he likes, he likes. He loved the Brock Lesnar, Goldberg stuff. He likes Roman Reigns. Like, he likes the guys that they're pushing so you can see what they're going with. And another thing is I was talking with someone on Twitter, uh, uh, I think Kalijah, I think you might know him. And there's so many other options for people to watch now, and it's so easy. Just go watch something else if you don't Seriously, want to. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, if you love wrestling, like I said, watch Ring of Honor, watch Impact, watch New Japan, watch, you know, if you're in Chicago, go to Freelance or go mm-hmm. to AAW. There's tons of other options, you yep. know. Or watch for your one star on on WWE or two, whatever you, a couple of your favorites, and then flip the channel. Don't keep buying all the shirts or all the merchandise. You're still giving their money, so why should they care if you're if they're getting all your money? Yeah, it's it's fun to complain, and obviously there's stuff I don't like and stuff you don't like overall. But yeah, overall, it, you enjoy the product. Be, yeah, it'll always be you know no one's gonna ever be 100 percent satisfied 100 percent of the time. You know that's just the way it is. Mm, it is, it is. So yeah, and there's and there's no money to be made in the Harker fans. You know if you're because we're what. 
two percent of the entire audience out there. Yeah, but we're the loudest. <laughs> we're the loudest. Yeah. Well, it's like Bischoff was talking about on his podcast. You know, the man's he's a he's a genius, a smart man. Mm-hmm. Roman and uh, Samoa Joe, the first time they had a match on Raw, the ratings weren't all that. All that. He's like, well, yeah. What do you expect? Uh, what two percent of the audience knew who he who he was? Yeah, you know, Samoa Joe. Yeah. Fans can't seem to grasp that sometimes. It's like you may know everything out there about it, but you're one two percent of the audience. And- mm-hmm, exactly, exactly. And and what I thought was interesting, though, what was kind of cool. Uh, speaking of like, I guess the hardcore fans. So AJ Styles and Nakamura, you would think only the hardcore fan would know who they are, but because of Nakamura coming up through NXT and AJ being around for over a year now. The fans in the WWE, as lame as it is to say, their universe of fans, you know, their world, they got excited for that moment because, like, oh, we are invested in these guys, not just from other promotions or just from Japan, but from within the WWE's world. And that's what I think they're doing a little bit better of a job of is building up guys within their world, within the WWE's world. And they're doing that with Samoa Joe now, too. Oh, I absolutely agree. They're definitely doing, I think, overall a better job with character development, getting that across. But they're going at a slower pace. This is not attitude era pace. It's more mm-hmm. of like, you know, '80s golden age pace, which I kind of like because you can't you you can't rush things, especially if all the shows they have nowadays. Exactly. You, can't rush. Exactly. you gotta you gotta stretch things out. All right, man. Well, any other uh, closing thoughts about your experience, Money in the Bank? You know, it was, sounds like you got to talk to production guys. Is everybody WWE cool there? There was no fights or anybody lame. Everyone has, seemed to have a good time. Everyone had a good time. There are no issues. I, I like I like extreme rules with people in the audience. There's no issues with the St. Louis crowd. Okay, cool. Yeah, the uh, speaking of St. Louis, I'll, I'll get to it. You mentioned it just for a second. I thought the Orton Mahal match. I thought they really, really worked their asses off. Both of them did. I thought so too. I thought it was great. And, and of course, the, and, and the booking made sense. You know, because it, it wouldn't have made sense to take the belt off gender. Then you just thrown away everything and gender. With his music, the way he comes out, the way he carries himself, overall he comes off like a champion. I think he's going to do well on the main event scene. Still, still, maybe little things, small little details to work on, but I see so much potential in him. Yeah, and he, like you said, when he comes off, it seems they're doing a good job of making him seem like a star when he comes off. Yes. Oh yes, so yeah, and we we got kind of spoiled a little bit. My friends and I were talking right when the Money in the Bank main event started. We're like, oh my god, this guy's in it. Like Owens is in it, and Zayn's in it, and this guy's in it. We're like, we're spoiled. Like there's like eight main event guys or seven in one match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And any one of those guys can main event a pay per view. Oh, and, easily. Yeah, easily. And we'll see what happens with Baron Corbin and and all that. So uh, guys, you could follow Carry on Twitter at WWESQD Circle Guy on Instagram, uh, WWE Squared Circle Guy spelled out. Uh, he's tweeting out always pictures of ve- events he's at. You get to see the chairs he gets. Maybe a little sneak preview of the set of the show an hour or so before it starts if you're into that. Um, next event for you is SmackDown in August and then SummerSlam. So we'll be looking forward to that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, might be a little slow on my social media. An eight-week eight break coming up. but <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. It'll pick up in August. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's it been big time, too. It'll be, like, like we said, mini WrestleMania season. Uh, there's a few independent shows if you want to check out in Chicago. There's Rise and uh, Shimmer are coming to Berwyn in July. So that would be something to check uh, out if you're interested. I would if I, I think when they're coming, I'm out of town. I'll be out of town for like 10, 12 days. Oh, it's okay. I'll be there. I'll that represent. Here. I'll be there. Uh, I like it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Carrie, for coming. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Carrie, so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Follow him at WWESQD Circle Guy. He's also on Instagram, WWE Squared Circle Guy. He's always front row. He normally has a Squared Circle shirt, but this, this time he was wearing the uh, Darren Young Block the Hate shirt. 
I don't know if you've seen those. They're pretty cool. It's like two forearms, sort of multicolored. Yeah. So check those out. Block the hate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, that was your – so we'll get back into our ladder match talk. Before I go to the next match, what is it? some of the things that you think make a ladder match good? Like what makes a good ladder match to you? For me, there's memorable moments where you think back like, oh, yeah, I remember when that happened. So for me, like that SummerSlam match was when uh, Michaels got his knee hooked in the ladder, and then they just kind of worked off that. And Sean just really sold everything in there. So, I mean, there's different spots to me that make it memorable. Mm -hmm. So, like, the spots for you. To me, kind it, of, it's, yeah. it's the creativity and the drama of the climb and actually getting the, the belt. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite... Well, uh, yeah, getting the belt. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the actual reaching for it for that. Yeah. And the reason I'm getting to is one of my favorite ladder matches is because of the ending, and that was Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho in 2009 at No Mercy for the World Heavyweight Championship. And I don't know if you remember this ending, but they're both climbing the ladder on opposite sides. Yeah. And they both grab it, and they're kind of playing, and they're it's off the hook, and they're both playing tug-of-war with it. Yeah. You know, so they've each got end, end of the end of the belt, and it's kind of like, oh, my God, who's going to get it? And to me, granted, obviously it's planned, you know, who's supposed to, they know who's supposed to win, but they're sweaty. They're up there like, what if Jericho at that time, it slips out of his hands? Michaels is, then he's just got to go with right, it, right? Yeah. And like, when I was watching that live, that was a pay-per-view I ordered, actually. This is back into pay for pay-per-views. And I was like, holy shit, this is, oh my God, Michaels might win. Because I'm a huge Michaels fan. And it was just awesome, an awesome match. And this is another one they told a great story. And this is one where Chris Jericho, on his podcast, he always asks everyone, what's your favorite match? And if someone asks him, mm -hmm. he always points to that one. He goes, he goes, one, it was the culmination of a story, and it was between him and him and Michaels. Yeah. But the match itself was just awesome. I just loved that ending, and I kind of wish someone would do it again. And I don't know the last time – I don't think that someone's ever done that again. You know, and you can't obviously do that in the money in the bank because it's a, a briefcase. Right. But with the, with the belt, I kind of mm. hope they do it again because it's been a while, so you could steal it. No one's going to yeah. notice. And you get, you get new fans. They're like, oh, we've never seen this before. Did you ever watch that one? Or, yeah, I'm sure I didn't get a chance it, to watch that one. Not recent but, yeah. but it's a good one. So what do you got for your next one? Um, I'm going to go in chronological order. 97, because we, uh, well, we did the 95 SummerSlam. So 97 was WCW, NWO, NWO sold out. I don't remember what month it was. I think it was earlier in the year, maybe January, they did the NWO sold out. So it was kind of weird because they were like, oh, we're getting our own pay-per-view, NWO this, NWO that. So I didn't know what it was going to be like going into it. I thought it was going to be all NWO versus NWO because, you know, NWO is better than WCW at the time. But they end up doing NWO versus WCW guys. And just the atmosphere was just so laid back. And they're, uh, Eric Bischoff and Teddy DiBiase are on commentary. They're like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this who is, cares? This was, this was like a weird... Like there was Deal. no, there like was the no rules for anything. So weird, yeah. right? It was just a, it was a small building. It was just weird. But, right. But then you got this gem of a match in there. Yeah. So there's six. He's with NWO and he's the United States champion. And it's a ladder match with Eddie Guerrero. And I kind of liked Eddie Guerrero, but I didn't realize how great Eddie Guerrero was until maybe ten years later. Um, but the match that they did was really good. A lot of cool spots that they had. But I, I really like the end when Eddie is going for the belt. He's climbing. It's just one ladder in the ring. Eddie's climbing up one side, and Eric Bischoff is just so laid back. He's like, come on, like for X-Pac, he's like, uh, or uh, six, six. Pac, yeah. six Pac. He's like, come on, buddy, come on, buddy. And then he's like, do it for Alice in Chains, man. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. He's like supposed to be this cool biker guy, just 
just not, you know, not care in the world. He's like, come on, buddy. <laughs> so, so anyways, uh, Six gets up there, and like your match, the the belt comes off the hook, and they're both struggling over mm-hmm. it. Um, Eddie gets possession of it, hits X-Pac, or, uh, Six-Pac in the head with it. Pac falls to the ground. Eddie wins. So Nick Patrick, he's the NWO ref, um, and he's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I don't know. But he points to Eddie like he's the winner, but huh? then, like, holding his head like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> but the whole thing was stupid, but the match was awesome. The whole thing, the whole pay-per-view was stupid. <laughs> it was. You said you watched that whole pay-per-view, too, the whole NWO sold-out pay-per-view. I did. It was a couple of weeks ago I watched it, because I never did saw Did you just it. get, like, stuck watching it? Like, I'm going to watch this one match. Yeah, it's one thing where I laid down. It's almost like you put the remote too far away and you're too lazy to get up and change it. <laughs> but it's intriguing enough to where it keeps your attention. Mm-hmm. And they had a contest. I think it was Miss NWO or NWO Babe. They were going to nominate. So throughout the matches, they would go to this one guy. I don't know who he was, but he's like, hey, I got this girl here, Sandy from, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina. And they're all over tanned, <laughs> like wrinkled biker chicks. And, you know, they're saying how beautiful they are and they're babes and this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. The and if anyone ever, has never gotten a chance at this pay-per-view, so this was WCW's idea, or Bischoff's idea, of NWO carrying their own pay-per-view. This right. wasn't anything else. And I think uh, Nash has talked about it in a shoot interview before where he's like, this was so stupid. He's like, we control the reps. We could, why would we lose a match? He's like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense why we would lose. And he goes, you know, if you're coming... Well, the in, outsiders lost their tag titles right, it didn't to make the any, Steiners. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. And then he was like, you know, it's a, it was somewhere in like Davenport, Iowa, and it was snowing. Uh-huh. And they, at the beginning of the show, they're coming in on dump trucks. And yeah, black and white with a little grit. <laughs> it's, it's just a mess. It was just a mess. But it, my favorite type of mess when it comes to pro wrestling. I mentioned how I talked about I asked a bunch of people on Twitter for some of their suggestions. Yeah. And here's a couple of them. Uh, so the greetings from Allentown Podcast at GF Allentown Pod. They do a lot of really old school stuff, like obscure old school stuff. And he said one, he goes, uh, this Jerry, ba- uh, 400 pound Jerry Blackwell versus Colonel De Beers. It was a ladder match in AWA from 86. It is a mess. Like I'll re- <laughs> I'm going to retweet it right now. So everyone go ahead and watch this. Is the actual video or yeah, link to the video. Yeah. It, it's a YouTube. It is just a mess. This 400 pound guy going up and down. It's, it's just hilarious. Was Colonel De Beers ever in WWF? Like in the 80s? Maybe. Maybe. This is 86, so it would have had to have been after that. Yeah, this pull is up your encyclopedia when we're done. And I will. See if he's in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then also he had another suggestion, this greeting from Allentown. Uh, I watched this one. It's the Stairway to Hell match, Sabu versus the Salmon from 98. And this was a, I think, called like a House Party 98. It was like a VHS special or something. Okay. Basically, it wasn't a, tradition, a ladder match in the traditional sense. It was basically a hardcore match where... If you, you would climb the ladder to get the barbed wire and you can use it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like nuts. And like Sandman's bleeding like a pig. And <laughs> it's it's worth it. Like there's highlight. There's just highlight videos in there. And the, I think the YouTube's like the first ever holy shit chant comes from that match. Okay. So if you get a chance, check this out. I'm going to retweet this one too. So you guys are going to check my timeline at, at PPW Podcast for these two videos uh, from Greens from Allentown. So those two are ones that I would have never thought of. So I'm really glad that he brought that up. Uh, there was another one. Where is it here? Uh, so this is, oh, this is the Hardys versus Mercury and Morrison versus Paul London and Brian Kedrick versus William Regal and someone else. This was the crazy spot with the seesaw ladder match. You remember where, um, what the hell's his name? Morrison's part Mercury, Joey Mercury. Yeah. 
got smashed in the face and his nose just exploded from the ladder, the seesaw. You ever see this? Uh, it sounds familiar. I'll have to rewatch it. It is insane. So, or maybe it's just a spot that I've seen yeah, before. Yeah, it's just the spot. Like, okay. so the, you, you know what I'm talking about, the seesaw ladder spot? Yeah. So there's a ladder in the middle, and the ladder, one ladder is the seesaw. <clears throat> and one guy jumps on the other and yeah. hits the other one in the face. Right. But for some reason, Mercury didn't put his hands up. <laughs> so he literally got whacked. And I've never seen blood come so fast. Just yeah. And this is from PJ. He changed his Twitter handle, though. He's at Darth Bundy 90 Macho Vader's his name, though. <laughs> so he's, he's got one for you. That's another one. What, what else do we got on here? I'm just going through my timeline here. Uh, Mark Caruso, he's got, he, he referenced the classic Razor and HBK, you know, the first one. And the first one for WrestleMania 10, he was like, isn't that the first one? I'm like, nope. I kind of corrected him saying it was Brett yeah. versus HBK. So at Mark Caruso's got one. Um, Bradley Townley at Tap Out Teasy, uh, he suggested the TLC2 match. This was the one at WrestleMania 17. And to me, this is kind of always the standard, the TLC2 match for those who don't know. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you do know. But with WrestleMania 17, the Hardys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys. Mm-hmm. And this has got the famous spot where Jeff Hardy's hanging from the ladder and Edge spears him. Or not right. from the ladder, hanging from the belt. Yeah, right. Edge spears him from the ladder. And the crowd's like, holy shit. Yeah. I try to stay away from some of the ones that I think are just notorious. Me too. Like Me too. just repeated over and over. Like, yeah, because they've already heard about it. And, and they are great matches, for yeah. sure. Uh, what is the other one here? We got the Ringside Podcast, had a few of them. Yeah, no, they, they just agreed that that was the standard one. Uh, let me see here. Oh, so Robert and Javier, the Bits for You podcast, at Bits for You. Mm-hmm. This is also on my list. It was Jeff Hardy versus The Undertaker on Raw for the World Heavyweight Championship. And this is when The Undertaker was the American badass. And apparently he was a leader of the locker room or something. It was kind of lame. But they had a great match where the story of this match was Jeff Hardy's like, you can't keep me down. I'm still standing. Mm-hmm. And then even after the match was over, like, Hardy's like, I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Undertaker like was going to whoop his ass, and he kind of gives him a boy. Yeah. Like, uh, here's some respect. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you need the Undertaker's respect. Get the hell right. out of here. Coming up to Kid Rock. On a shoot interview one time, I heard Jeff Hardy talk about this, where he was like, I always thought about... During that match, like, what if I accidentally made it seem like I grabbed the belt? You know, like, oh, it was an accident. Then I was the world champ. He goes, I would have never done it, but I was climbing. I'm like, you know, I could probably do this. Right. I could probably make <laughs> Just totally go off script. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, I didn't mean to. And, like, the belt falls in his lap. Yeah. I think that that would have been a crazy moment if he beat the Undertaker. Undertaker would have had to whoop his ass or something in the yeah. back. But those are just a, a few of the, uh, the, the suggestions people came out on Twitter. So I appreciate it, guys. And if I forgot you, I apologize. But I'm going through the timeline here. Yeah, I'll go through and watch those. Oh, also, oh, KB uh, K- at KB Review suggested the Triple H Rock match from SummerSlam '98 for the okay. title, or yeah, the Intercontinental title. Everybody seems to love this one. I hate it, and I think I hate it because of the ending where Triple H needed China's help to win. Okay, that drove me nuts because as a fan, I loved Triple H, and I was just it just drove me nuts at the time. But other than that, I'm sure it's a good match. I just have a horrible, horrible bias of the in any of that match. Yeah, you probably do. <laughs> Did you like that for- match? I thought it was all right. Just all right. I, yeah, I mean, I didn't really get into it. I was always kind of biased against Jeff Hardy for years. I don't know why. I think, I don't know. But then maybe the last three or four years, I got more into the Hardys and, you know, watching their past stuff where I'm like, why didn't I appreciate that stuff more? Yeah, I know. Because I think we were so spoiled because it just kept happening. 
Yeah. You know, over and over again. I've got a few more. So what, what's your next one? Well, the next one I have, uh, it's on the network. It's July 22nd, 2002, Monday Night Raw. I think this is the second week where Bischoff was announced to be the GM. So he's making all these radical changes and mm-hmm. he's unifying titles this week. So this one, he's got RVD versus Jeff Hardy to unify the Intercontinental title and the European Championship. Uh, the match is not long. It might be eight minutes long, which is... What was the date again for people that want to oh, watch it? July 22nd, 2002. Okay. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, it's not long, but they kind of get all their shit in. So, Twist of Fate, mm-hmm. uh, Rolling Whis- Thunder. Whisper in the Wind. Whisper in the Wind. I mean, they're hitting all these moves, but then towards the end, I thought it was a good ending. Uh, Jeff Hardy's got his own ladder. RVD's got his own ladder. They're climbing the ladders. They're at the same height. They're reaching for the belt. RVD kicks the ladder out from under Hardy, so the ladder goes away. Hardy does it like the somersault flip, hits the mat. Mm-hmm. RVD does a splash on him. So this is just like nonstop, go, 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 go. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's a good pace. It's a good quick pace. It's not too much going on, but it's good. And for eight minutes, you're like, oh, man, it seemed like a 20-minute match. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to watch a long ladder match, watch this one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's over and done with under 10 minutes. Uh, so Hardy's on the mat. Uh, RVD hits him with the splash from the top. And JR just goes insane. He's like, that's a modified five-star frog splash. I'm like, if anything, that's a one-star splash. <laughs> so, so he hits him with that. RVD goes back up, and he wins the wins the belt. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a cool, fun match. It was quick, but it was a lot of all right. There's a lot right. of good good uh, spots in it. We'll, we'll check that one out. We'll yeah. One more time. Someone wants to watch the date of that uh, one. July 22nd, 2002. 2002. Okay, because there's so many Raws, and like you were complaining about the search function on the network recently, and I recently, it happened to me where it was a pain in the ass where I couldn't yeah. find something. Like, Eric was right. The search function blows. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I know they're not the same, but I have to go to Raw, then I have to go through the years. So if I go all the way back, say, 16 years, mm-hmm. it like flashes, flashes as it's scrolling through all uh-huh. the years. And that might be like 30 seconds before it actually pulls up what I'm looking for. And then I got to go through all the months and they're backwards, not from... first world problems, <laughs> not January, to December. I got to go de- December to January. <laughs> uh, this next one I got is going to be a little obscure. because I threw we're talking about like the mainstream ones. And I told you to watch this one. You've watched the highlights of it. It was Kevin Steen versus El Generico. I could from, not find the full match from pro wrestling gorilla. I'll let you borrow the DVD. Okay. So it's a match at pro wrestling gorilla. And it's Kevin Steen, who's obviously Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. and El Generico, who is Sami Zayn currently in the WWE. And they're having a, a grudge match, ladder match. And the ladders they're using are not like awesome WWE ladders. They're totally rickety, <clears throat> and the spots they're doing are nuts. I don't want to just, you know, describe them because you well, have to see Well, one of the them. things from the highlights that I think everybody would see if they just watch highlights uh-huh. was the ladder is like sideways. Yeah. And Kevin Steen gets, I don't know, powerbound or slammed, like right in the spine of his back on a, on a sideways ladder. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, so that, it's so when he sucks. says sideways, think of it, guys, if you were if you had to put the ladder under your arm and carry it. Right, like sideways like that. Yeah. And and keep in mind, there's maybe 100 people tops in this place. They're mm-hmm. like, they're jammed in there, and they're going nuts for it. And there's and there's so many times I was watching the match, I'm like, oh, this is the ending. And then they keep going and keep going. Yeah. And you could see why at the WrestleMania ladder match, um, the Intercontinental title at 32, when they were doing those crazy moves to each other, like, oh, they've done this before. They trust each other. That's why they're, you know, doing yeah. a full Nelson suplex in the ladder. What year was like that? that? Do you remember? I can check really quick. If you want to talk, like, I'll grab the DVD. Like 2009 I can check. Or I can take okay. two seconds yeah. right behind me. But just everything that they did in that match, I thought was just so... I think I even texted you and said, this is brutal. I mean, I only watched like a four-minute highlight match, but... Of what I saw, I'm like, holy shit, they almost kill each other. 
And the fact that they do this, and that other people do this too, in front of 100, 200, 300 people, almost kill themselves every night. It's like beyond me. <laughs> So, it might have been 2000. I don't remember. Yeah, it doesn't say the date. Sorry. Oh, two, oh it was 2011. Okay, yeah, because... Because it was like Steen Fest or something like that. It was or, Steen Wolf. Yeah, Steen Wolf. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Steen versus Generico. This is a DVD called Not Another Steen DVD from Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I got it at Half Price Books, so I was pretty pumped nice. to find it. I'll let you borrow it. It's got some okay. crazy matches on there. What's my next one? Uh, my next one's going to be and also involving Kevin Owens Steen whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it was the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn match with him and Finn Balor. That was amazing. And I think that one gets overshadowed because they had to follow the Bailey-Sasha match, which was so, like, emotional for the crowd. Yeah. And it was still an awesome match. You know, there was it was pretty brutal. And I still don't understand how Balor does his finisher, the coup de grace, without just killing people, like the stomp. I like, don't know. It's got to be a... a, a a weight shift when he comes down because he, he falls back so it's not all into it but it's got to be at least 50 pounds slamming into your sternum right or your gut <laughs> yeah and you know this was also a pretty hard match like because i think did you watch the wwe 24 nxt takeover or brooklyn or whatever on the i network? did yeah yeah so after the match like owens is kind of warming up when bailey and sasha are coming back and they're both crying and everyone's clapping yeah like they're doing kevin's like it's pretty good i'm looking forward to following it like he was like <laughs> confident he's like yeah they were good but we got this yeah and the crowd was super into it this one stuffed a little bit of drama because at this time um owens is already up at the main roster so no one really thought he was going to win the nxt championship but at the same time, it was still an awesome match. Yeah. I thought the chemistry between them two were really good. Um, I also like, it wasn't a ladder match, but I liked their match in Japan. I forget what the name of that pay-per-view was, but mm -hmm. it was over in Japan, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I just liked the chemistry that he has with a lot of guys. I don't know if, he just seems like a likable guy too. So maybe they just work together better and, and have a better, better understanding of how things work. Mm -hmm. But he just seems kind of brilliant anyway. Um. That one I never saw, that Japan match, mm -hmm. but I would like to see it. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> it was maybe 2014. Uh, it was it wasn't it was a special, I forget. Mm -hmm. I'll have to text it to you. Alright, I'll look it up. So I'll also I'm sure someone who knows more yeah. obscure wrestling than I want to say Rising up. Sun, but that just seems too like not stereotypical, but too common of a of a name for a Japan show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other other ladder matches? Because before I go to my next one, uh, the other one I have was from I want to say 2012. Uh, Turning Point TNA. I don't I don't know if you watch too much TNA, but I found this one on I want to say Daily Motion. No, it's on YouTube under the Impact Channel. It's Jeff Hardy. He was a champion at the time, going against Austin Aries. And, I mean, obviously people are more familiar with Aries now. So if you like how he wrestles. Go watch this match. It's Turning Point uh, 2012 TNA. Um, the matches, I thought the pace was really good. It started to get a little bit boring right before this little um, spot in it. But Austin Aries gets Jeff Hardy outside the ring, just basically beats him down. Then he grabs a ladder and kind of sandwiches Hardy between the ladder so mm -hmm. to kind of trap him. And then he gets the ring steps, walks the ring steps over and sets on top of the ladder. So now there's no way Jeff Hardy's going to get out of this. He goes back to the ring, does the slow climb up the ladder. He stops. The referee, maybe Earl Hebner, is over by Jeff Hardy on the outside by the steps of the ladder. And Aries like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He comes down the ladder. Like, he could have just gone and got the got the title, right? Mm -hmm. So he comes back down the ladder, goes outside. He's look, pulls everything off. He's, like, looking around. He's like, Hardy's not here. Hardy's not here. He's looking around. Uh, Jeff Hardy must have 
gotten out of there, gone under the ring, come out the other side, gotten into the ring and started climbing the ladder. Because when he looks back up, Hardy's up the ladder and uh-huh. he's getting the gold. <laughs> so I thought that was a cool spot that kind of got my interest back into the match. And then they go up and down and all that kind of stuff. So then towards the end of the match... Um, At least it's creative. <laughs> it was creative. I like that they did that. And then the, this part was pretty cool, too. Hardy is going up the ladder. Aries is going up. Um, Hardy knocks Aries off. Aries gets out of the ring, does something. Hardy does the slow climb. You know when you get to the rung and you can almost reach right, it? Right, right. And then you got to go one more. So as soon as he goes one more up, the <laughs> the, the, the hook that's, that's uh, holding the title goes up another 12 feet so Hardy can't reach. He's like, what the fuck is going on? He's looking around. The camera goes back, shows Aries with the, like, the mechanical controls. Oh, that's hilarious. So, so Aries raises the belt. You see, that would have been a better idea for the women's Money in the Bank match last night. Yeah. If Ellsworth was controlling that, like when Becky's about to get it, yeah. she goes after him and then, then Carmella gets it. I will say this about the Ellsworth getting the bank. It was a hell of a toss, right, to Carmella. Yeah, it was like, a good toss. A hell of a toss. <laughs> but I thought he climbed it too quick because it made everything else look too slow. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, you get used to the slow pace of climbing Well, he also wasn't in a match, so that's why. Yeah, that's true. But him in his big puffy clothes, he's like, <laughs> like flying up the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> so he's doing the controls. And it was so... I just loved that part. <laughs> like, that is amazing. I wish they did that more. Mm-hmm. But it kind of ended... Um, Hardy hits or puts the ladder on the top of the ring ropes in the corner, hits Aries with a uh, twist of fate, climbs ladder, wins the title. But I just thought the match had a lot of cool spots in it. It's one I'll have to check out then. Yeah. That was turning point I never 2012. Saw. It's on YouTube probably or Daily Motion. It's somewhere. Um, it's on YouTube, the Impact Wrestling Channel. Okay. So they have like matches on like, they have like their own network version, I guess, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah they do. Okay. Um, and this was after the the, the, the Hardy drug thing because they were talking about, you know, redemption. He, then TNA gave him a second chance, like, throughout the match. Because I think 2009, 2010, he had a big drug problem and had a shitty match with Sting. And yeah, that's when, like, he, he had to, like, do a roll-up in, like, two seconds yeah, or something. because it was just too embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but 2012 turning point's a good one. This next one is pretty much the one where it made me go, like, oh, man, this is crazy. It was the Hardys versus... Edge and Christian, the Terry Invitational, hundred thousand dollar Invitational, where there was a sack of it wasn't actually hundred grand, it was just a sack in there. Was this before their TLC matches? This was the first like tag team ladder match that WWE did, and this one I was watching today, and the crowd was going ooh ah oh like standing up giving uh, like, yeah o- ovations, and you look at it now, and they're still impressive, but it's pretty commonplace. But at the time, you're like, oh man, this never happens. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. And even when I watched this, was in 1999. I think it was at No Mercy, 1999. A really great match for someone who wants to watch it. And I think JR is like, what do you think of the young bucks in the WWF? <laughs> like, he's going really putting them over and everything. Yeah. And uh, the the Hardys end up winning. And I remember the next night on Raw, Edge and Christian are in the ring, and they call out the Hardys. And they come in the ring, and he goes, I just want to say one thing to did, you. Did the Hardys have... Uh... Uh, what's his name? Michael Hayes. Hayes they was, did. So okay. they kind of ditched him for Terry. <laughs> and uh, Edge comes out and kind of, and Christian comes out and they shake his hand. He's like, it's been an, it was an honor. And like the crowd gives another standing ovation. Yeah. It was a pretty cool moment for him. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to look at this thing really quick here. What else you got? Um, the last one I have, I, it's probably one of the best ones I've seen in a long time because I like both teams. Uh, 2017, I think a couple days before WrestleMania, is a Supercard of Honor 11, uh, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks for the tag titles. 
because of the internet, there was a rumor Hardy's going to drop the titles, um, all this kind of stuff. But just to see the Hardys come out in Ring of Honor was kind of cool. Um, the Young Bucks coming out. I just like the Young Bucks now. I used to hate them because all they did was super kicks and whatever, but mm-hmm. I've learned to see that they're more than just the super kicks. <laughs> but the matches that they had was just so good. The pace was great. Um, and you can kind of just tell how much admiration they have for each other. Like the Young Bucks look up to the Hardys. The Hardys look at the Young Bucks like the next Hardys. It's just, I don't know, just everything just worked so well in that match. A lot of dives, a lot of falling through ladders, slams, breaking ladders, that kind of stuff. But I thought the ending was kind of cool. There's two ladders in the the middle of the ring. Hardys are both going up each side of one ladder. Young Bucks are going up each side of one ladder, and they're side by side, punching back and forth, chopping back and forth. So then you get delete chance, delete, 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 you know, when they're chopping and then punching. Um, Young Bucks just end up super kicking both of them at the same time. Hardys hit the mat. They get titles. I'm like, oh, my God, that was a great match. And it didn't seem like it was 30 minutes long, but it was a long match. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking over an email here. I was listening to you as just... I just no, that's fine. Email. I'm talking to my people. <laughs> <laughs> They're people. like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah, right? <laughs> just rambling on about yeah. uh, matches. I like that you brought in some more obscure ones that I haven't seen, You know, uh-huh. particularly the, the TNA one and then the, the Young Bucks one. So that's, that's good. Um, and the Pro Wrestling Gorilla DVD I have, they're involved in some of the matches too. So check that, you can yeah. check that out. Again, it's called Not Another Kevin Steen DVD. It's not what? that expensive on YouTube. Yeah. I've seen the Young Bucks a couple times live. And I don't know, for some reason, I just didn't I didn't like them. I don't know, maybe because I just felt like they didn't respect the business. And they're like stealing HBK's move and doing it 100 times in a match. But the more I've seen them, like, the more I think that that's fun to see. Mm-hmm. Like, super kick, super kick, super kick party. I'm like, okay, I can kind of get into it now. <laughs> yeah, they've got their own thing. That's something I don't think would ever fly in WWE. Maybe no. it would, who knows. Yeah. Uh, but it's good that they're they're pretty much able to make a, mu- a bunch of money on the independents and Japan and ROH and all that stuff, yeah. so good for them. And also seeing that and knowing that they showed up in, in WWE three day, two days later, they gave it all at Ring of Honor. Like, they busted through ladders. And, I mean, it was a hard match. About, what are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the Hardys. The Hardys. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought you were, too. Yeah, so the Hardys sure. just, I don't know, they just left it all out there in Ring of Honor yep. three days earlier, two days earlier. They come in the, <laughs> to, to WrestleMania, and they do another ladder match. Yeah, and Jeff Hardy does the swan to Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, these guys, I don't know how they, I don't know how they do it. Well, he did have a drug problem. So. <laughs> well, I don't think they'd have drug problems now. I, I hope not. I hope not. Uh, that was all I had for my ladder matches. I don't know if you yeah. have any more. No, that's the last one I have. All right, yeah. So Supercard of Honor 11. Mm-hmm. I think I gave you the link for that. Yep. It's on uh, some... Daily Motion, some, YouTube, yeah, streamable. <laughs> right. Whatever it is. Uh, I'll tweet out a link to this, too. I was watching it. You remember the old WWF Desire videos with Creed? Like the mm. song came out to uh, My Sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone made a new cut with current the current roster. It's uh-huh. pretty sweet. So I'll, I'll send that out. Put to that out. Yeah, it was on Reddit Squared Circle, so I'll send that out to everybody. Yeah, um, that was it today. You know, um, not too long of a show, but we do have the interview in there. Uh, thanks to Carrie for coming out again. Thanks to Eric for coming over. And as soon as I know, guys, about the T-shirt shop, I will send a link out to you. And it's are you be, submitting two designs or just the one? Just the one, I think. Okay. Just the one, and we'll see if people like it. I'm not expecting to sell a ton of these things, you know. Again, if we sell it like two, that'd be great because right. it'll pay for the <laughs> it'll pay for the the service to keep this free for a month. So, yeah. uh, thanks guys for listening, and thanks for following me on Twitter at PPW Podcast. If I missed your match shout out that you wanted to give me, I apologize. 
Also, this Thursday, I'm going to hop on the Bits for You podcast. They asked me to become a guest, and we're going to be talking about, I think, the draft shakeup and how that's been affected. They do a lot of video game coverage, um, so check them out. I want them to come on our show once more 2K18 stuff gets released for WWE. The trailer just came out, but it was just kind of a teaser trailer. I'm going to wait till we get more info about the actual game, and then come on and give me some feedback <clears throat> on that. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. We're Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes, ppwpodcast at gmail.com. Hopefully we'll get a show in next week. I'm sorry we were last week off. I was traveling with my family. And after the next week, we've got the Rise Medic Show in Berwyn, Illinois, down yep, the road from here. Looking forward to that. That'll be fun. And, yeah, we got lots of stuff coming up here. Uh, we missed the Mean Gene Oakland appearance at the ballpark. I You missed it and I missed yeah, it. Yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. I, I'm... I'm I'm okay with it. I'll survive. <laughs> I, I met him before briefly at an access. So, I didn't so who's next, Booker T? Booker T. I think I'm going to skip Booker T, but then Ricky Steamboat's after that. So I might yeah. go meet him. All right, let's uh, plan for Ricky Steamboat. Meeting the dragon, right? Yeah. Because I have a figure I want him to sign. Is it like a Hasbro one or is it the... Uh, it's, a, it's a newer one, but it's, I think, from 2012. Still in package? Yeah. You got to get that package. Um, so there's a podcast called the Fully Posable Podcast. They recommend if you're going to have him sign it, Paint Pen. Yeah. Not a Sharpie. Oh, I, I'm down with that. FYI, paint pen. <laughs> I used to work in a store that sold stuff, and people kind of, what do I get for autographs? I'm like, you got to get these paint pens. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, did, did there, are there going to be a Ricky Steve Funko coming out? Do they leak that or not? No, not That'd yet. be cool if there was like the dragon, you know, with his big head get, headdress. That'd yeah, that would be awesome. We were joking before the show started because Enzo and Cass broke up last night on Raw. And <laughs> I think it was popvinyls.com. They tweeted it out. Yeah, the, go ahead. No, they just said, um, yeah, don't forget to pick up your end zone cast that comes out at Walgreens in August. <laughs> it's a two-pack. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Maybe it'll be worth more since they're not a team anymore. We'll see. They they put out a lot of those, like I would say like 10,000. I thought Cass did a good job. Like I was like, oh, he's pretty good talking right now because he could become a little robotic, but he's pretty good. Yeah. I would have saved that speech for next week and just, you know, as they're showing the footage of, of mm-hmm. him doing the, what he did of not getting hit and he's got his arm around Enzo, just maybe as soon as that's revealed, just beat the shit out of Enzo. I, uh, and then save the speech for later. I tweeted out, I'm like, why does Corey Graves know all this? I'm confused. <laughs> like, how is he the in? I don't know. Him and Kurt Angle got something else going on. I don't know if this is what it was. Who knows? Who knows? I was waiting till the end. I'm like, man, this is lame. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the crowd was like, no, no, why? Yeah. And then Enzo started crying and stuff. So Yeah, he's soft. S-A-W-F-T. <sighs> All right, guys. Thanks he's got to learn how to spell soft the right way now. <laughs> thanks for joining us, guys. We will see you next week. Bye.